All you Marks and Maggies, all you cheapos out there, and you know for a fact who you are, you cheapos. I am TJ Albin, joined alongside with the CTW champion, Brandon Carr, the Saraiva-holics out there, Mr. Dylan Saraiva, and, you know, are still, you know, stuck, stuck on the cheapest podcast. He's stuck here, folks. He's stuck. Mr. Jay Golding, our intern, Mr. Jay Golding. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Um, so, yeah, uh, if you guys have not listened to the uh, newest episode of the Bosox Bombas, um, I, I am here to stay. I am going to be I am the official here to stay intern for Cheap Talk Wrestling. And um, all I got to say is Brandon Carr and Dylan Sarava, you guys got you guys better watch out because now I'm not taking two L's. I'm getting a W at the Battle of the Interstate and I'm definitely getting that title because now I got the rage in me for not getting picked to be the Bosox intern. Uh, actually, sorry, not intern. I'm intern here uh, to be the Bosox third coho. So, so, so now I got anger on my mind, and I'm coming for that belt, baby. Whatever you say, whatever you say. You know, you know. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay my respects to you. I'm, you know, I'm sorry that you didn't get the promotion. You didn't get the co-host position for Bosox, but you know. We'll, we'll, we'll welcome you back with open arms, but listen, you know, you're still the intern here. You know, there's no fourth co-host of Cheap Talk Wrestling. You're the intern. Um, and, you know, you, you can have all the rage, all that pent up aggression in your body as much as you want, but nothing's going to change at the end of the day. I'm walking out at the Battle of the Interstate, still your CTW champion. So that's all I have to say. You know, Carr, I've been hearing you talk about I'm staying the champion, blah, 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 blah. Um, but before I get into that, TJ, let me apologize to you and only you. The other two can't hold my jock strap uh, for missing last week. That's my apologies. Uh, moving right on to Brandon Carr. You will be the shortest champion in CTW history because at the Battle of the Interstate, I am becoming the first two-time CTW champion. And I don't care what I have to do to win it. I am walking out of the battle of the interstate with that title belt wrapped around my waist as the brand of CTW, as the face of CTW, as the intellectual savior of CTW. Whatever you say, Dylan, whatever you say, listen, I don't know what you were doing last week, but you know, I was here last week and you weren't. So I, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're back though. I'm glad, you know, whatever, whatever it was you had to deal with last week, you got that dealt with. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to walk out the, have the battle of the interstate still champion. That is a guarantee. You know, that, that is not a prediction. That's a guarantee. That is a spoiler as Paul Heyman would like to say. So sorry for the, sorry for the spoiler, but I'm still going to be champ. One thing I actually do got to agree with Dylan and I rarely do agree. Uh-oh. with um with car or dylan is uh bosox since you guys didn't pick me you guys are are now probably the b show for sure um and you know i i did i was going to congratulate nick card i was actually going to be a good guy and congratulate him on getting the position until i listened to the show and i um i i heard him say that um 
that they have the best intern on the daily go. And, and that just struck a nerve with me. I'm like, Uh-oh. I'm like, there's only one good intern, the OG intern on cheap talk wrestling. And that's me. I am the best intern and the only intern on the daily go. I know that I know they got uh, their little intern. They're just copying us. I mean, we originally came up with the idea for an intern. So, but there's nobody better than I, and I'm going to prove that when I win the CTW championship. And they said that they want me to come on their show. When I, when I win that belt, they're going to have to pay me for an appearance. That's all I'm going to say. Speaking of that intern, where's my coffee? Oh, hold on. I'll be right back. What do you want? Dunkin' or Starbucks? Uh, Dunkin', please. I was, well, I was a little know, scared. I, I called week, TJ. I thought I was going to have to apply for my job back, but he, he welcomed no. me with open arms, and that's what it's about. No, and I told you, I said, whatever happens, happens. If you got the job, good for you. It's a position. It's not paid, but it's a, it's a position. But, you know, last week when we talked, there was a certain club that we talked about that you might have to be a part of, and we might need to get this on video. You know, car, it's 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 off the tip of my tongue. I forget what it was. Do you remember the club that we were talking about? Well, it wasn't the Bullet Club. It wasn't the Gun Club. It was like, uh, it was a Vince McMahon type of club. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Do you want me to say it? I would love for you to say it because, you know, I swear too much on this podcast, and I would love about, for uh... you to say it. How about does uh, the Kiss My Ass Club ring a bell? That does sound like, does sound very familiar, Goldberg. We're going to do an Instagram live with this. Uh, no, I, I know you guys up, talked about it last week. I was getting scared. I thought we were talking about the other ass kissing. So. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're doing it on Instagram live. This is happening. Dylan doesn't even know about this. No. <laughs> Dylan's just like looking at us like. You know, I'm out, I'm out here promoting CTW, trying to heighten the IQ of our listeners, and you guys just bring it right back down. Yeah, I feel every time I, we take actually, a step forward, we take three steps back. But, you know. Oh, uh, we're getting edgy here, folks. We're getting edgy here. We're get, we're trying attitude error is coming back. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it All back. All kind of dick style. jokes. Just get ready. But later on in the episode, we're going to talk about more about the battle for the interstate in just a little bit. We're going to we're going to break down the drivers in that situation. Like I said, for the battle for the interstate, it's going to be multiple challenges. They will have to complete them in order to get what we call points, the cheap points, and they will have drivers with them. Each person has been given a driver, given that option of a driver. So they get to choose that person. So why don't we just jump right into the news? We'll get into that later. We'll get into the cheap main event over there later on. But I want to jump right in to Brian Danielson giving out the thank you right before Grand Slam, mm-hmm. which is, I like that just shows you the sign of respect that he has for the WWE. Again, in like a sign in professional wrestling that you do have that respect. That's what it's all about. And that's what you do. You give that respect to those guys. Your thoughts on that first. Yeah, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to read the Players' Tribune article yet, but, you know, shout out to, to Brian Danielson. I think he's just, you know, he's just the type of guy that's just a class act. And, you know, we saw that with him putting out that article. You know, I think that just says enough about the man, you know, to put out an article like that, thanking WWE for everything that they've done. I mean, for him, um, you know, he's been, God, he's been with WWE for, I mean, we're talking about at least a decade. You know, it's a long time to spend in a company. So much success over there, you know, him with that little guy mentality and, you know, him 
you know, not being someone that Vince McMahon kind of looks at to be like, you know, they're one of their top guys, but he was able to, you know, overcome those odds and have a really good career over there at WWE. So I, you know, it just says enough about Daniel Bryan as a man. Um, shout out to Brian Danielson for now being on AEW, you know, giving his respects to WWE and having his first singles match um, against Kenny Omega. So it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it, my main point is it's definitely, you know, very um, reflective on who Daniel Bryan is as a person. Yeah, I think uh, Brian Danielson is a person, if you follow him on any form of social media or anything like that, a uh, very positive guy, good outlook, uh, family oriented. And I think that's what the WWE was for a decade for him. What's his family? I mean, it was unfortunate. You know, they had him in the early 2000s, let him go. Uh, that's, you know, if you listen to him, that's where he learned a lot from William Regal and stuff like that. Um Obviously, the whole Nexus angle, if you're going back to like his original, you know, sort of blow up on the main roster uh, through the Yes movement. And I think that was at a time where WWE had sort of become out of touch with its uh, fans and followers. And they sort of let the fans actually influence something and really, really get behind a character and a person. Um, And I think he appreciates that because he really cultivated not only the wrestling world but the mainstream um you know with you look at his involvement with connor the crusher too so it daniel bryan brian danielson is just a great phenomenal person i think he has that respect and when he left wwe it wasn't like a hate-filled thing he wasn't fired he it just it was his time and he felt it was time to move on you know so a lot of respect to him as well so yeah, actually, um, just before we started recording, I was actually um, looking into the article, and um, you don't really see this with a lot of superstars, um, especially a lot of WWE superstars that have left to go to AEW or other promotions. You don't really see them coming out and thanking WWE, especially not how um, Brian Danielson did. Um, a quote that really stuck out to me in the article, um, he, he says, before the next part of my career gets fully underway, there's something I need to express. And it's just him going on, uh, thanking the WWE from the production staff, um, all the guys in, in the back, all the superstars. And it, it just it was honestly a really touching and um pretty emotional um article. Uh he goes on to say how um to uh when he faces kenny omega he believes that's going to be his his biggest match of his career and um just him kind of taking the time to write something like that um appreciating the wwe um the guys like i said the guys in the back um from the production crew to the fans it's uh it's just really amazing um i mean i remember when daniel bryan from wwe started out on nxt uh with the Miz as his mentor and just to see how far he went in uh, the, the WWE um, to now is, is just incredible. And I wish nothing but the best for him. And I'm really excited to see that match on AEW tomorrow night. Um, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. I believe it's has potential to be a five-star match for sure. Now we are pre-recording this before uh, AEW grand slam. So I'm hoping to see that match really change the industry. If you want to be honest. You have two guys, I'll, I'll say in their prime, I'll say. Kenny Omega is at the top of his game right now. Same thing with Brian Danielson, who is on a hot streak, coming off of a WWE run, a major WWE run, and coming into AEW. 
And first off, it's not even for the title. It's not even about the title. It's about who is the better man. The title doesn't mean anything in this match. It's just to find out who is the best in the world, to be honest. And I think if we're predicting the outcome, I think Brian Danielson walks out with a W. I think he shocks the world with that W. And then we also have CM Punk uh, later on this week taking on um, Will Hobbs later on on Rampage, which I want to get into that real quick, not to get off the Brian Danielson subject, but kind of a cheap transition, I'll put it. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on Rampage? I know there's been a lot of controversy looking uh, over in the ratings, but also looking at some of the dirt sheets and whatnot, uh, saying that that Rampage is kind of struggling. Um, do you guys think that this was kind of, I don't know, premature for AEW to take on a second show? Or do you guys think that AEW just needs to just strive on through or just keep trucking and just hopefully it gets better? I think it might have been a little preemptive, a little bit early to start a second show. I mean, you go look at the fact they've only been a company since 2019. Um, so not that their ratings are, are bad. You look at Dynamite, you see how, you know, they, they were killing NXT when yeah. they were running up against NXT. Um, but I think personally might have been a little too early. Um, I'm sure I know what it is. They, they have a lot of guys on that roster, a lot of hungry young talent. They want to showcase that as much as they can. Um, you know, because it sucks for um, Dynamite being a two-hour show and you're trying to put on 14 matches in two hours because then you have to cut out a ton of other segments. Um but I think you have to find sort of a balance there. I don't think they should get rid of Rampage because, I mean, I'm sure people like watching it. But maybe if you turn it into like a Sunday Night Heat kind of thing before their pay-per-views or something like that, it gets you a showcase those younger guys and, um, you know, that maybe aren't ready for the biggest uh, marquees and stuff like that. You know, I was just kind of thinking this as you were saying it, like, I feel like kind of like the timing is a little bit weird. Like it starts at 10 PM, like on a Friday, I feel like people, you know, would probably go out at that time. So maybe that kind of has to do a little bit with the ratings kind of being low. And then you only have like an hour, like, you know, to really jam, you know I mean? I'm looking at like the, the rampage card and like, there's a lot of matches that they have to get through. And, you know, sometimes when you take away from like, the timing of these matches it takes away from the quality of the matches as well so it's like i don't know i i feel like i also kind of agree with dylan like i feel like i mean they've been a company for two years you know kind of introducing another show might have not been the best decision now but i understand the aspect where you have so many guys who are you know a part of this company a lot of talented guys that you want to showcase to your fans but you know i just feel like you know maybe you know, maybe the timing wasn't right for it. I feel like an hour isn't, you know, super long to try to really include a ton of, you know, of these matches. Like there's CM Punk and Power Alice Hobbs, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley versus Suzuki and Lance Archer. Like, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on of like uh, the amount of matches they kind of have to fill in there. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's good to see more AEW, but also I feel like kind of the quality has kind of been lacking a little bit just because of the amount of time that, you know, uh, TNT has given um, these wrestlers to kind of, you know, get their matches out of the way. So I want to go back to Dylan's statement real quick, and I want to answer yours. But back to Dylan's statement real quick, when it comes to AEW, right, they have this TV deal. 
but they also have two YouTube channels. So you're already taking over Mondays with Dark Elevation. You're already taking over uh, was yeah, Wednesdays with AEW Dynamite. You're taking over, my apologies, Tuesdays with AEW Dark. Now you're taking over Fridays, which now you're trying to compete with SmackDown. You're trying to get the viewership from SmackDown to follow, which sometimes it won't work. But you're also dealing with the fact that you're dealing with pre-taped matches. Imagine sitting through that show the entire time only saying, okay, I'm going to be on live at 10 o'clock for one hour. That's how ECW was when you went to an ECW taping for like, if he was at the Dunkin Donuts center and ECW was there, it would be SmackDown before you get there at seven show start bell time. First bell, I think was at like seven, seven thirty. You had the pre-tape from eight to 10 and then live at 10 o'clock was ECW. You're already losing fans in attendance. Like they're, you're losing their viewership. You're losing their, their spark. Yeah, to have it a, that late, you know, it's a long time to sit through. It's and like, lot. if you look at too, like they want to compete with SmackDown. Okay, SmackDown runs eight to ten. They know they're not going to head to head beat SmackDown. They no. it, it, they just won't right now. They're too young. I'm not saying they couldn't eventually, but right now you're not beating SmackDown head to head. Why not take like a Thursday? Truthfully, take a Thursday. They'll beat out Impact. Take That's Thursday. what I'm saying. You have the follow up the next night. You have yep. Rampage follow. You have Rampage follow Dynamite the next night. Forget taking twenty basically forty eight hours off. Take the twenty four hours. React to what what went down, and then follow it up the next night with a match or something. Versus waiting a day because all you're doing is now you're putting something on pause for literally one day, and then you're going back to it. I get it. You know, I, I get how t like how like TV works. Oh, then I'm gonna get you next week. But with Rampage, if you're going to have something follow, have it follow the next freaking night. Like, take a look at uh, this week with Grand Slam. They're pre-taping Rampage, from what I've been told. They're pre-taping Rampage, so the match for CM Punk versus Will Hobbs is already going to be pre-taped. So it's not really anything. They're hyping up, like, CM Punk's first televised match in over what six seven years maybe give it seven take. seven yeah, thank seven. you yeah we talked about seven years what god damn it kid ah ah it's one of those long weekends i swear anyway um but yeah so it's like they're hyping up rampage with cm punk that was the big thing with the first dance episode two you have cm punk come out with that first dance with that big emotional like welcome back into wrestling now you have to follow that each week if you want to be truthful, they should have just done that the first night. The first night of Rampage should have been the CM Punk debut. Honest to God. You're labeling it first dance, but it's the second episode. So really, how are you going to top this next episode, the third episode, the fourth episode, the fifth episode? How are you going to top it? Like, you need good matches. Like I get it. They had Pac versus Andrade, but it was bumped because of travel issues. But even Andrade didn't even want to wrestle on Rampage because he's like, why are we going to push this match off? Because we have a great story going on. What was the point? And you had talent complaining about it. It's You're just having your guys work an extra night when you don't need to have them work an extra night. That's what AEW started off with saying, like, oh, we're going we're gonna to be for the wrestlers. Now you're mm-hmm. having to work multiple days out of the week, including a pay-per-view weekend probably. 
depending. Is, you know what they were getting away from WWE from. It's exactly you know, like I've said before, like I, I worry about watching it devolve into WCW. Like yeah. all these guys came over because they were looking for a lighter schedule. Because of it, hey, it is what it is. WWE is probably one of the hardest companies in the world to work for. Three hundred plus days a year on the road, like that—that's a lot. It is, you know. So it is a lot, and then you have guys that are working the independents still. And if you take a look at the guys that are on AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation, do you notice how long their matches are sometimes? Minutes, minutes. I was watching one of them because a guy from New England uh, was wrestling on it. I think I timed the match at about two minutes. It was a tag team match. Teddy, and, right? Yes, Teddy Goods. No Teddy offense. Goods. To Teddy Goods is a great wrestler. Great, great wrestler. Great in New England. Love the guy. Awesome guy to be around. But watching him on dark elevate, like dark elevation, and just being there, like I think it was like I said, I think it was about two, three, uh, two, three minute match against Private Party. To go from being in a match for about 15, 16 minutes one-on-one at the PAL hall to now being on television or being on dark elevation for two minutes, three minutes. What, what does that show you? What, what does that do for you as a competitor? It gives you great exposure. Don't get me wrong. It gives you great exposure. That's the positive out of it. But the negative out of it is that you're only getting two minutes of fame. You're getting yeah. two minutes, getting that little spark. You know, I, I remember watching an interview with, and I've brought him up on the show before because I just I love who he is as a person, um, Simon Gotch. And he says, you know, when you're, when you're giving guys these like squash matches or these short matches, and he uses the analogy, you can be the best lover in the world, but if you only last 90 seconds, no one, no person is going to want to sleep with you because you're only – there for 90 seconds so like if you're giving these guys 15 16 minutes like you said one-on-one you know now you're letting them craft that storytelling you're letting them really showcase who they are as a performer and what they can do in the ring yeah and that's just the problem is that like you're watching these shows and they go they go about 60 minutes they go about 90 minutes it's 90 plus minutes of pre-tape matches and they're all like between two to five minutes so in reality, it's like, okay, if you want to see them compete on a pay-per-view, you want at least a 15-minute match. Usually the match, that's how match usually is. But if you're telling me you can't even go that much, like, I don't know, 10 minutes, then what are you really doing? I get it. It's like you're, you're, you're strained for time. You're cut for time. Like our podcast, we're cut for time for an hour, but we go over it because I do what I want. Simple as that. I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> but but you get my point. It's the time constraint. Goldberg, I know you're 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 shaking over there. I want I want to hear your response. You're shaking over there. He's turning red. The intern's turning red. Where's my coffee? Goldberg, your thoughts. Yeah, I know. I was scared. I thought you forgot about me for a second, no, but um, never. um. So I mean, AEW is a company that's modernizing wrestling today and giving their fans what they want. And um, just uh, so with the multiple uh, shows that they're doing, um, with uh dark um rampage whatever else they have um it almost kind of reminds me of what wwe did in the 2000s with um those uh the supplement tv shows on saturday and sundays velocity for smackdown and heat for raw it's kind of reminds me um like that and on what they're doing now with um their shows i mean and like Carr had mentioned there's just so much talent in the back that you can't 
wrestle all your guys in one night. It's impossible. So um, I think that's honestly a great idea to kind of break it up and, and do multiple shows like that. And just to showcase all the talent you have in the back, in the back, like, even if it's not, even if all the matches aren't like the best matches and you don't really like know who they are, it's just still cool to give the talent in the back an opportunity to go out there perform in a 15 minute, 20 minute match, um, to show what they have. And, um, I was actually going to bring that up, uh, with, uh, Teddy goods out of the uh, promotion and, uh, far river, um, top rope promotions. It's just cool. Um, I know I was texting TJ. Um, there's actually a picture in my room of uh, a bunch of us with him, uh, from back in high school, early high school. And it's just cool to see, um, how far he's come, um, through the Indies now, uh, wrestling on AEW. I think that was amazing. And, um, and hopefully nothing but the best room, but that's just so cool to see local talent like that um, go up and move to these big promotions and showcase what they have. That's just so cool. And that's what it's the positive and the negative of it. The positive is that you're seeing a local guy like Teddy goods wrestling for a big company like AEW. Same thing with a guy like JT Dunn, another guy, for example, being, Oh my goodness. Who else? Like uh, Oni Lorkin, who used to yeah, be say Oni. The Same Biff thing with Tomas. Yeah, the Biff Music. Same thing with a guy, a guy like Tommaso Ciampa. I used to watch him at the PA all the time. There are so many guys uh, like Dominic Dijakovic, who's now T-Bar on Raw. It's weird. When I was at Raw the other night, I'm just watching this guy. And I'm just like, holy shit, this guy like wrestled in the New England market. This is like he used to actually he wrestled at Showcase at one point. He wrestled at Showcase. He's wrestled all, all around New England. He's just a great competitor. There's others like Kofi Kingston, same thing, Boston guy, Boston trained. Uh, uh, Mike uh, Bennett, I mean. Mike Bennett, another Obviously, like his, his WWE run, I think, wasn't what New England fans wanted, um, you know, because especially Southern New England guys, you, you and me, Goldberg, yes, yeah. um, you know, we saw what the prodigy Mike Bennett was at, the PAL Hall in Fall River, Hells like to the yeah, like the Kingdom with Matt Taven and and TK and like such a great stable and like just so I get frustrated with that aspect, but it was still cool to just be like I remember watching this guy when I was like ten years old, you know. Yeah, it's just it's crazy to look at them back then versus where they are now, and another, an example of that you're looking at. Switching over to a guy like Keith Lee, who apparently is debuting uh, a new name. I don't know if you have you guys seen this yet. Bearcat, right? Something like that. Keith, yeah, Bearcat Lee. Hey guys, TJ Albin here with Cheap Talk Wrestling, your cheapest podcast in professional wrestling. I want to take a second to give a shout out to New Age Wrestling. They have a permanent home located at the Eastfield Mall at 1655 Boston Road in Springfield, Massachusetts. If you're looking to pursue your dream at becoming a professional wrestler, head on over to New Age Wrestling. For more information, head on over to Instagram at new underscore age underscore dojo. Once again, that's new underscore age underscore dojo on Instagram for more information. Understand it? I mean, there's there's a re- so people are coming out with reasons behind it. I'm looking at one of them right now, uh, thanks to SB Nation. 
uh one the they're w- trying to work out a gimmick where it's like almost they're working out something like an homage thing. Uh, they're paying respect to like a boxer, I believe. Th- that's one of the reasons they think that might be it. Uh, for Bearcat Wright, uh, former boxer back in like the sixties and uh, back in the territory days, uh, when it came to re- uh, came to boxing and wrestling, that's one of the things that they're saying. SB Nation is like kind of putting that up there like that. I don't get the reason behind it. I think they're trying to work him as a heel and they're trying to build him up. I don't know. I, I don't. It's truth. Truthfully, I couldn't tell you what where WWE is going with this Keith Bearcat Lee scenario. But Car, your thoughts on Bearcat over here, Lee? Anytime, any single, every single time that we hear that Vince McMahon wants to change something about a wrestler, I just I worry, you know. And Keith Lee's a guy that's very talented. You, we all know that. I mean, the guy. Is it good? Is it great on the mic? Is a very good personality. Obviously, for a guy his size to be able to do some of the things he can do, he's spectacular. Um, and you know, anytime that like, anytime that Vince McMahon tries to you know tries to incorporate something, tries to rework somebody, I get nervous because most of the time it doesn't work out. So I don't know specifically what this gimmick is gonna end up turning into. Um, maybe it makes him a heel, you know, I, the name Bearcat, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's, when I hear that, I feel like I hear something that's more like animalistic. Um, but it just worries me. It it worries me and I'm hoping that it ends up being something good, but I can't guarantee that because Vince McMahon is the one that is, is pulling these strings. So hopefully for Keith Lee, it works out for him, but if not, then it's just very sad to see. Um, I was actually just um, looking at some reports and um, reports are suggesting that um, WWE is kind of grooming him to turn heel. Um, and with the drafts coming up in just a couple of days, I mean, we could see something where um, he's drafted and he has that whole name introduced Um so that could definitely be a scenario. I know we mentioned it, I believe, last episode um, that the WWE wanted to um, have Adam Cole as uh, potentially be a manager for Keith Lee and then have him turn heel. So it seems like the signs are definitely pointing to Keith Lee um, turning heel. So I, I guess we'll see how that works. Um, again, don't blame Adam Cole for leaving. I mean, why would you want to turn one of your top uh, NXT superstars into a manager? Uh that, that's definitely a Vince move right there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I, that's my predictions. He, uh, he's going to come up in the draft. He's going to get either drafted to Raw, uh, probably SmackDown. I'm, I'm guessing SmackDown um, as a heel with his new name and new look. Well, they nicked that. Um, Adam Cole nicked that about the um, the, the uh, manager change. Oh, I would too. That's, no, I would too. That's no, a well, slap no, no, in the face. No, I'm saying like the rumor that was like um, Adam Cole like stopped that rumor, saying it wasn't that wasn't pitched to him. Oh, well, good because that that, that is a terrible bad. rumor to start up. Well, I mean, looking at a guy like Adam Cole, Adam Cole is a great talent. He's a great ring general, and on top of that, he's just very good on the mic. So, looking at a guy like Keith Lee, Keith Lee doesn't need that. If anything, maybe another big guy needs it, depending on who you are, Omas. But for a guy like Keith Lee, Keith Lee holds himself in the ring, out of the ring, promo style. He doesn't need it. He hasn't needed it since he's gotten to WWE, and same thing in the, on the independent scene. 
He hasn't needed it. And you look at a guy like Adam Cole, Adam Cole's doing much, much better on an AEW roster rather than a WWE roster. I will say that much. Dylan, your thoughts on Bearcat Lee? Uh, not, not personally a huge fan. Um, I like the whole limitless thing in NXT, uh, that kind of made him blow up. Obviously the first, um, I don't want to say two division cause it's not MMA, but, uh, simultaneous belt holder there where he won the North American dual champion. and dual champion. Yeah. That's a better expression. Like that was a cool moment. I watched that. Like, so it was, it, it was cool to watch him be able to do that because he is a bigger guy and like but he's so he, he's almost like this is a pretty solid comparison i feel almost like a vader like because vader you look at had the vader salt had like these crazy athletic moves that a guy who's that big just shouldn't be able to do but like and in nxt at least he was at least getting the respect of this guy can go out there with the smaller guys and put on these like high pace like flippy shit you know matches that i feel like they don't let him do on the main roster as much he was doing those uh those flippy dippy things you know he's yeah doing those flippy, flippy dippy, dippy things, things like jeff hardy <laughs> he knows how to do those flippy dippy things like jeff hardy and if you know who i'm quoting right there please at me to let me know who i'm quoting please I want you to know. I want to see who, how many of those marks know who I'm quoting. I know you guys know. Do you guys know exactly? Come on. I feel like I, feel like I should. Oh my God. Come, all right. Now, no, forget what I just said. Are you kidding me? You guys don't know who I'm quoting? It was an interview. We're gonna, okay. We're going to expose. Was, yes, you are getting exposed now. God damn exposed. it, kids. All right. This was an interview. This so the question was about CM Punk in o, about in OVW coming to OVW. I will give you guys one one. That, that actually that's the only hint I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one hint. I'm gonna give you one guess. And I'm talking about OVW and I'm talking about CM Punk. Who am I talking about with that flippy dippy thing? And it's in an interview, and I will share this interview with you guys. Later on, I'll share I'll, I'll share it in our group chat. I'll share it in our group chat because this is actually kind of a, a cool little quote. I think it was from, uh, I think it was Inside the Ropes. Um, inside the Ropes. But. So it's, oh. it's, so it's. Why do I feel like it's a St- Scott Steiner quote? Like that nope. just. Oh, that's no. a good guess. No. Because oh. we know he's a big math guy. So I was just, you know. That's a good guess. He's a good, he's a mathematician, I swear. I, I was gonna ask him to do my taxes. Apparently, I oh. owed that. I owed I owed the IRS a thousand dollars. That's a good way to get audited. Have Scott Steiner <laughs> do your taxes. You get IRS to help you with that. Erwin R. Scheister, great guy. Goldberg, who do you think I'm? I'm quoting. Oh man, um, can you say the quote one more time? He was doing like, don't you do those flippy dippy things like Jeff Hardy? He's like, no, I don't do no flippy dippy things like Jeff Hardy. He doesn't do Bubba, those. Is it Bubba Ray Dudley? No. Ah. Nope. I could see him saying something like that no. though. Those this is right, so. This is a recent interview. This is a recent, uh, actually not recent. Uh, a couple years ago for Inside the Ropes, this was a live interview special. Car, you're the last one. You gotta get it right. 
So all right. So again, let me re- let me repeat who like who this is about. The quote is about CM Punk in OVW. It was think like... about those two things, CM Punk and OVW. I think Dylan finally got it, but I want to hear your response first before I say anything or oh, give it to God. Dylan to see if he can steal it. Um. It's gonna be. Uh, this is gonna be a bad guess, but Brock Lesnar. No. Okay. I don't no. know. I have no idea. Dylan, I... who'd you who who'd you think? Was it a Heyman quote? It was a Paul. I was thinking Heyman. that was my second Whoa. guess because Paul was running OVW. Like, no Paul Heyman. It was an interview with Paul Heyman. I'll put the clip. I'm gonna put this clip in like in the video or in the audio. Why am I saying video? I'm not on OG era. Uh, I'll put the audio in this interview, like in this. To, for you guys to hear what I'm talking about. But no, he's talking about how Jeff Hardy, like, uh, not Jeff Hardy, CM, my apologies, CM Punk, they only knew him of him because of the buzz that he was getting on the internet. That was yeah. the only reason. That's all the only reason why WWE signed him. They thought he did stuff like Jeff Hardy doing flippy dippy things on, uh, on the top rope. But no, he does not. Like I promised, here is the audio clip from the Inside the Ropes interview with Paul Heyman saying the flippy-dippy things. They brought CM Punk in because he had all this buzz on the internet and they really didn't know what to do with him. And that's what they said to him. They go, hey, um, how do you want to, you know, he had, a, he had a match, a dark match, you know, that wasn't on television. And, and a certain person went up to him and said, how do you, What's your finish? Well, his finish was a pedigree off the top rope called the, called the Pepsi Plunge. Not the best political thing to present to WWE at the time. So um, he said, I don't know what finish do you want me to use? And they said, do one of those flippy dippy things like Jeff Hardy. And he said, well, I don't do flippy dippy things like Jeff Hardy. And they looked at him and honestly, they said, you don't? <laughs> no. Have you ever watched any of my matches? No, we just read about you on the internet. And that's why they hired him. So they had him. It sounds so fucking retarded, doesn't it? But it's true. And they really, this really, that's the thing. I say these things and people go, no way that really happened. It really happened. So. <laughs> it's a funny video. Definitely go check out the full thing. The link for that will be in the bio. That was just kind of like my my little thing, uh, just to kind of like you know my my little question of the day. I know I said a while ago I was gonna keep doing those, and there you go. There's my question of the day for you guys. I would have not thought Paul Heyman would yeah. say that. Say that. He I was, was just like, I was thinking I was like Punk OVW. I'm like I don't know why I said Scott Steiner. It just sounded stupid at first, but then I'm like, yeah, it's, my it's gotta be Heyman, right? Like. Because Regal wouldn't say something like that. No. I know Regal was like big in the territory, the, uh, not the territory development. Like it was a funny. It you have to go watch it. You have to watch it on YouTube. I'll send you guys a link. I'm gonna it's, have to now. It's a good, good interview. Are, are we doing any flippy dippy things for the Battle of the Interstate? No, we are not. But one last thing before we get into the Battle of the Interstate, and to announce our first guest for the Thursday special for the Thursday night into raw interview specials that we're going to be doing every Thursday. Now starting next week, uh, last thing I want to get into is about Owen Hart, how the Owen Hart foundation is linking up with AEW to create a tournament, which we released here on CTW. We found out about that statement. We put it up. If you're not following us at cheap wrestling, check it out. 
it's it's crazy to see how AEW is paying a lot of respect to a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we think of Owen Hart, obviously, you know, we think about, you know, what happened to him, man. You know, it's he's just kind of been, you know, WWE has kind of casted him off because, you know, of, you know, pretty much their their fault, essentially, with like, you know, the equipment malfunctioning and, you know, all that stuff. But I think it's cool um, to see a guy like Owen Hart kind of get this recognition. I mean, you don't really see, you know, wrestlers talk about him a lot. And, you know, he's part of a, a, a very well-known wrestling family, as we all know. And I think it's pretty cool to kind of see, you know, AEW, uh, you know, incorporate him with this tournament. I believe, you know, he's, they're going to have him get involved with a video game. They're probably going to make him a character in the game, I would assume. Um, you know, some other things that they're doing, you know, it's, it's cool to see. And I think, you know, Owen Hart, you know, for the time that he was in WWE, you know, was a, was a guy that, you know, was really good. Um, obviously, you know, with the Hart Foundation, having, you know, some tag team success, some single success. Um, so it's, it, it's cool, you know, definitely to see, you know, his name get brought back up in, you know, a respectful manner. Um, and I'm definitely going to be interested in seeing what this tournament will look like and what else they have up their sleeves. Yeah, you know, I think it's a good way for AEW to pay homage to this um, someone who was professional wrestling. And, you know, because that's AEW's whole thing is they want to elevate professional wrestling. Um, not always so much the sports entertainment aspect, but the pro wrestling. And I think that's what Owen Hart was. He was truly just a phenomenal professional wrestler technician, obviously out of the Hart family. Uh, you look back to when Brett first introduced the AEW title, and this is sort of coming full circle. And I think what's really, really awesome about it is um, someone like Brian Pillman Jr., who was very intertwined in the Hart family. Um, I think this would be a great way to introduce it into storyline and maybe have him win it, um, you know, if we're looking further ahead. But I wonder if this will be because I'm assuming it'll be a singles tournament, but sort of similar to the Dusty Rhodes classic, because obviously AEW can't do that. WWE kind of owns the the rights to that. So I think it's just another way to pay homage to a trailblazer in professional wrestling and to honor someone who I think newer fans might not know the whole who Owen Hart was, you know? And um, just to kind of give a um, a little background in case you um, the viewers listening don't really know. Um, so it's really not a surprise. Um, Martha Hart and WWE, that was my Boston accent right there. Martha Hart uh, and WWE have um, Martha worked uh, to limit WWE's use of Owen um, for years uh, from action figures to being in video games. Um even being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, um, Martha's issue is is not with the professional wrestling itself, but more with WWE. I know a lot of people on Twitter uh, was um, they were saying how oh it's not right that AEW is doing this. Um, Owen Hart, um, Owen Hart was in the WWE. That's WWE should be doing something like this. AEW should have no part. Um, but I mean the Hart family has definitely worked up a 
a good um, connection with um, AEW. And like Carr had said, I was looking into it and it's uh, not, not just the tournament. Uh, he um, sources have uh, rumored that he will be in the new AEW video game as a character, as well as potential merchandise coming out and potentially even an action figure. That would just be really, really cool if we saw something like that. Um, and I think it's cool what Tony Khan is doing to help um, honor Owen's legacy. Um, and I'm honestly curious what uh, Vince has to say about all this. Um, I'm sure he's not the happiest, but at the end of the day, um, it's just another thing that AEW is topping over WWE. And I think this is going to get a lot of buzz for sure. And um, it's definitely going to give AEW um, a lot of respect to a lot of wrestling fans out there. They're going to, they're going to love that AEW is doing something like this. Back here, like first seat. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, your phone. God get damn it, kid! Can we get to how I'm becoming the first two times? Yeah, champion? yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to that in a second. We're gonna get to that in a second. We're gonna get to that. But first off, I want to establish our first guest coming on uh, next week for our Thursday specials here for interviews exclusively. It's going to be raw, uncut, somewhat unedited by the editor. The editor hates that I'm already doing two shows a week now for ctw he's going to kill me but it's okay it's all right i don't pay him so i don't have to hear all that bullshit i can just hang up when i want to anyway first person we're going to have on is the first new age wrestling champion jay vara who is a friend of mine as soon as i put out there that i'm going to be i'm looking for guests to come on ctw he messaged me right away saying hey i would love to come on i said great how does this? How does that sound? How does this date sound? Thursday, he's like, I'd love to. We have guests booked left and right for the next couple of weeks, so you guys are gonna be hearing some awesome wrestling, shooting the shit. Just oh my god, we're unscripted, even unscripted, no, no, nothing prepared, nothing prepared at all. We're just going right into it, having some fun with a lot of the guys on the independent scene. And I'm excited to have, and they're all like, honestly, they're a lot of my friends. Let's be honest in the wrestling world. It's all, I am the provider. I'll be honest. I'm the provider for CTW. I'm providing opportunities, providing opportunities for us to get guests, providing opportunities for example, the CTW championship, providing opportunities for us for airtime. And not only that working in the works for the first CTW t-shirt. CTW t-shirts are in the works right now as we speak. You're welcome, I will say. You're welcome. Turn my face, you know. Just you're welcome. Simple. Thank I'm you. the provider here. I'm the provider. <laughs> forget, forget producer, forget creator content, provider, provider here. But real quick, we're gonna hear from Platinum City Gaming on Route 44. Check them out, and we'll be right back and we will find out the big news on the battle for the interstate hey guys tj alvin here with ctw and i don't know about you but i'm looking to get some leveling up in my gaming so i've been heading over to platinum city gaming to get my gaming on from classic arcade games to some of the newer arcade games they have bumper cars they have pc gaming they have half court basketball Check this out. They also have a full bar and opportunities for you at some new trading cards. 
And to top it off, they have laser tag. Oh, did I also mention they do have a little bit of karaoke? So head on over to 294 Winthrop Street in Totten, Massachusetts. Once again, that's 294 Winthrop Street in Totten, Massachusetts, right off Route 44. And check out Platinum City Gaming. For the battle for the interstate, like I said last week, you are going to pick your drivers. You're going to be doing multiple challenges. You're going to be getting a lot of different points for a lot of different things. I have myself as the provider for CTW. Again, you're welcome. Came up with this, I'll say monster of a list. Monster of a list. I sat I sat at my desk and I said, I got to. I gotta think of some great challenges. So I can't wait for you guys to see what I have in store for you for the battle for the interstate. But we will announce the date next week here on CTW, right before the interview with Jay Vara, which I cannot wait to have him on. Such a great guy. But back to battle for the interstate. Car, since you are the champion, I want you to announce who your driver will be. All right. So I've been thinking about it. And I think I think I have a clear one. Um, you guys may know him as the Yo Man, the Hey Man. Yo, you got the Yo Man, the Yo Man, Yo Noah Man. Burnt. Noah Burnt, my co-host on Rough in the Basket on the Daily Goat. He's gonna be my driver, the man that speaks Espanol, Colum- the man who visited Colombia, the myth, the man, the myth, the legends, <laughs> the Yo Man. Noah Burnt is going to be my driver, and I'm excited to have him aboard because he's going to help me retain my CTW championship. All right, Goldberg, in turn, I want you to go next. So I want to so, hear because uh, here's I my thing. I did some thinking, and um, okay. I'm just interrupt me. <laughs> interrupt the provider here, Goldberg. I'm providing you free airtime here. To air out your grievances to the Bosox Bombas, I've given you a position as the intern still. You still haven't gotten my coffee, and yet you interrupt the provider. I, now, I don't understand what's going on. I door dashed it from, from Dunkin' Donuts. Dunks, I don't know where it is. He's not here yet. We don't my have a sponsorship with DoorDash, Goldberg. We do not pay for that ad. Yeah, we're not paying. No free we're ads. We're not paying for free ads here, folks. You All see, right, I'm still just, learning. Just, just, just tell them who your driver is, okay? Just, just tell them, okay? All right. So it's it's not a surprise, you, you know. It's it's a challenge for the CTW championship, and um, we gotta we gotta go fast. This is a fast challenge. I mean, obviously staying the speed limit, but we gotta get stuff done fast. And you need a fast car for that. And I'm going with my buddy, my best friend. He's a lady killer. You guys may know him as your boss, the CEO of the Daily Goat, Jason Pombo, baby. The Pombo Combo is gonna be my driver. For the battle for the interstate, baby. The lady killer in the pombo combo. Oh, wow. yes, sir. He ain't my boss. He ain't my boss. You could, you could say he's your boss. He ain't my boss. Uh, I'll take suggestions, but they're not. They're not my cues. TJ's his own boss. I am my own boss. I am my own provider. If you have not just heard my like rant over here as the provider, goddammit, Berg. Also, one more dig at Bo Socks. Um, you guys may have uh, been the first podcast to have merch, but we are the first podcast to have paid sponsorships, baby. And we're the first podcast to have aired for the Daily Goat. That's yes, true. Sir. Yep. 
So you're welcome, Daily Goat. Only as good as you first. Only as good as the first. Now, Dylan, you've been very quiet over there. I want to hear, I want to find out who is your driver for the battle for the interstate. I want to know. Tell me. Well, you know, I was being a little quiet. I let age before beauty, I guess. So it loses before winners, however you want to describe it. Um, Car, he can take the the yo man's, uh, the guy who took 10 years to win a fantasy championship that we've been doing the XFFL. Um, Goldberg, he can take Jason Pombo, who, you know, might be the CEO, founder of the Daily Goat, close personal friend of myself, as we're both trying to grow the brand, expand the brand. Um, so I'll, I'll gift that to you, Goldberg. You know what? You can take Jason Pombo, but I, I think my driver, and I don't need to tell you his name, but it's someone with that championship mindset, that championship mentality, that drive to be the best, to elevate not only themselves, but CTW, and to help me become the first ever two-time CTW champion. And that is simply just a guarantee. I know I'm walking out of there, CTW champion. Wait, you didn't mention the driver. You'll see when the time comes. I don't need to, to name them. What type, of, what type of shit is this? He's not even going to tell us? I told you, I've been scheming. I've been planning. I have been calculating risks, rewards, oh X's and O's, X axes, Y axes. I've even went to the Z axis. That's three-dimensional, bitches. Uh, I guess to figure out that. how I'm capturing this belt. All right. I guess we'll, we'll never know until the day arrives. So never. next week, we will officially announce the date for the battle for the interstate. So keep your notifications on. Keep us, you know, keep us in your thoughts when, you, when you're thinking about who's gonna actually going to win this. Is it going to be Carr that retains the title? Will it be the intern to shock the world? Or will it be the first two-time champion in the Survivaholic? I guess we'll find out when that day comes. We will find out next week that official date. So for now, because I think we're getting to that lovely hour, we will bid you adieu. So make sure you're following us on all forms of social media. And you know what, Dylan? Since you don't want to tell us your driver, it would be so nice if you said it more than twice. Listen up, you bunch of marks. What you're going to do, right? You're going to get out your Twitter machine, your Instagram machine, the book of face, uh, whatever you want to do. And you're going to go to at cheap wrestling. And I'll say it again for you because I know some of you mocks are not the brightest people in the world. At cheap wrestling. Follow us on any form of social media or wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Even for the yo mans. You mean podcast. You mean. Do you know what? Go out there. Sigue la lucha libre barata en todas las plataformas de redes sociales. The shit again, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's blasting him. God damn it, Bert. All right, let's get Uh, everybody in here. All right, wrap it up. That's it. I'm giving the go host side. So, for Dylan Survivor, for the Survivor Hogs, for the intern Jake Golden, who has still not, who has still not have gotten my coffee i haven't had my coffee bro i need my coffee the intern that's here to stay baby i guess so for the intern that's here to stay and still doesn't get me coffee and for the reigning defending will he be the long will he will he last after battle for the interstate mr brandon carr oh yeah baby we will catch you guys next next time for the cheapest guy in the room for the cheapest podcaster in entertainment i've been tj alvin we will catch you guys next time and like always keep it cheap